Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mission Crit Edition Cyclecast. And I'm here with my producer, Yvette Lopez. Hey, hey, hey. And we have a very special guest with us. He has been with us before, but he loves us so much. He wanted us back. Mr. Colin Strickland. How are you doing, man? Hey, everybody. (laughs) Solo clap. (laughs) Solo clap, clap, clap. You got second place yesterday at the Mission Crit, Colin. I did, yes. Yes, you did. How was that race for you? Uh, that race was pretty awesome. Uh, the The promoters did a great job with the course and relative, relatively safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely there weren't any uh, too many crazy variables, in, you know, affecting the outcome. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, it was it was a blast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How fast were you guys going? What was your average? Uh, my average, I checked my Garmin, uh, was a I think it was 25.4 average with max of about 33.5 miles an hour, wow. which we hit pretty consistently going down the, you know, the, the downhill chicane, mm-hmm. right, left, mm-hmm. hit that at probably about 32 average every right. time, and then uh, slowed down a bit in the straightaways and slowed down a lot for the hairpin after start fin- before and after start finish, so... Yeah, with 25.4 average, it's including the decelerations and accelerations around the hairpins. Uh, yeah, it was a fast one. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe. I mean, just on the sideline watching, just seeing you guys just going, you know what I mean? Like, you can't. I, I just, I don't know how to explain how fast it looks. You know what I mean? Like you say you guys are averaging like almost 25 miles an hour, top speed, maybe 30. Oh, you guys are averaging higher than that? Well, uh, it, it's the average is. Um, I mean, it, it tops out at thirty-three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The average is about twenty-five point five. Yeah, so tw- a little under and a lot over. A lot over, <laughs> a right? A little under for the hairpin approach and exit, and well, both hairpin approaches, and then probably about twenty-seven, twenty-eight for the straightaways, thirty for the downhill. And it looks a lot faster than that on the sideline. It does. It yeah. looks. It looks way faster than that. It felt like. I just, I would blink and there you were. And blink again. And you're gone, (laughs) you know? And so. Yeah, the chase pack was way behind. Yeah, yeah. It was, there was a, there was a big gap. It was probably like maybe 15 to 20 seconds. And when you guys broke off, you, Addison, Caesar, Caesar Valenzuela, and David Santos. Yes. You know? And so you guys, you guys killed it. You guys did a really, really good job. And especially, Caesar from the Southern California area. We could briefly talk about him, man. Like you've you've never heard of Caesar Valenzuela, never seen the kid or anything like that before. Do you were you familiar with him at all? Uh, I was not. He, he wasn't exactly on my radar. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think he did. I think Real he did pop. the last stand, the Red Bull last stand. Yeah, he was there, San Antonio. Yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was definitely not expecting that ride from him. And hats off to him on. Just bringing the bringing the full offense and uh, yeah, it was that was wild. It was awesome to watch actually, even if though I was <laughs> right behind it. Right, 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 the right. Side of the of the carnage. Yeah. At what point did you know like okay, I just like he's he's taking off because again, like I was telling you earlier, nobody saw him coming, and when he took that breakaway at you know seven laps to go, everybody was like he took it too soon. It was too risky. Colin's just going to crush him. So like at one point where you're like, oh, okay, like he'll burn himself out. Yeah. But then how did that switch into like, oh man, like he, I don't know. Well, he rolled off uh, at the top 
at the, the top section of the course. Uh, I had just taken a pull, and then he rolled off pretty hard, and um, and we hesitated for a minute, and then Addison took up chase for about half a lap, but it started becoming clear that, uh, yeah, Addison, David, and I, were, were we were pretty fatigued, and uh, he was just, he was kind of <laughs> extending the gap yeah. despite, mm-hmm. um, so my initial thought was, okay, no big deal. We got three strong guys. Um, we're chasing one. We got seven laps. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I changed my mind after about a lap, and I realized we we weren't putting any time into him. So I figured I'd just have to go full gas uh, alone to chase him down. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I tried that, and yeah, I think I, that's when I realized I'd left my legs in Texas. I think. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it, as the lap counter you know rolled down, um, I mean. Yeah, it was, I just kind of realized it just wasn't my day, and it was definitely Cesar's day, man. He yeah. was like a monster. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, adding in, you know, some some track confusion with lapped riders at key, that wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. I, I still wouldn't have caught him, but, you know, it's, it's always rough <laughs> mentally when you're, like, trying to execute a chase, and you know you don't have any matches to spend, and then, you know, you're, you're passing lapped riders and too deep and through a hairpin, and it's just... Uh, frustrating, but that doesn't change a thing, you know. That's, mm-hmm. that's just bike racing, and uh, yeah, yeah, he was he had a phenomenal ride. Right yeah. now, what's the rule exactly with the lapped riders? Because that was kind of confusing for a little bit. It really bit. was because they were like a solid one or two laps behind you guys, and so a lot of people were like, "Why are they still there?" I don't know. I honestly don't know. The... Do you think they just didn't, didn't get pulled fast enough? Or didn't ask James. N- that's a great question. That, oh my gosh, that's what I get for talking about Nova Scotia. <sighs> you see, his me? girl's from Nova Scotia, and so, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> no, we didn't so ask up in other stuff. Something that he did tell us, though, that I want to ask you about. What did you think of the course layout? Because we were told that Trimble told him to switch it a couple of days before, meaning reverse it. That's very wise. It was supposed to okay. go the in the other direction. Yeah, it's very wise. You don't want to throw people down a a hill on a fixed gear. Um, if this, that circumstance that it was, that we raced was, was actually fine because it was a nice wide street. Uh, we had the, we had the full street to turn into, whereas the other direction, we would have only had half the street since it was the hairpin. It was on the hairpin uh, straight away. So we would have been going bliss. We'd have been going 30 plus downhill into a half of a, of a street. Okay. Versus having the full street, going downhill into a, a right left that we could totally smooth out with a cuz going down the hill we were ripping way far into the the oncoming right or the the far lane of traffic we needed the whole road to execute that turn at speed so it would have been really dangerous to try to carry that momentum down the hill and then turn right angle into a half width of a street so i think that was yeah. that was very savvy that they mm-hmm. they reversed it and mm-hmm. a really, yeah. really good move. Yeah, because I know he just told us that he was kind of concerned, but he said that he got really good feedback from all the racers. And mm-hmm. but that was interesting to see how fast just things change. Like courses can change, mm-hmm. you know, in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. I think that's really savvy. You have to be ready to be, you know, yeah. on, quick on your feet like that. And yeah, it's it's carrying that speed. It's physics take over. You just can't. I mean, we could have. You could decelerate, but that's just not as exciting. Yeah, you right. design the course to be as fast as possible, but also as safe as possible. Right. So that's, right. I think it was perfect the way it, the way it was set up. Cool, 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 cool. Um, 
I mean, damn, since the last time we spoke to you, when we were at the, uh, I was going to say the crash race, how dare me, the, um, uh, last stand the race. last stand race in Texas, San Antonio yeah, at the Alamo, super stoked for having that show and you inviting us in your home. And like you, you talked to us about, um, what you're going to be preparing for, for Red Hook. You know, you didn't really know what was in store for you, but you were just going to, you know, just take it as it comes and really just try to work hard and and hope that you have something good put together. Right. You have something great put together. You know what I mean? You have a gnarly team on your back. You are on probably one of the sweetest rides that I've seen in a while. You know what I mean? And uh, Dean almost stole your bike last night. I almost did. He's like, yeah, that's why you were looking around <laughs> for it. <laughs> You're like, um, where's my bike? Where's my bike? And I'm like, should we say something? <laughs> no. Yeah. But what, like, what, what are you doing, or what have you done to prepare for these this upcoming Red Hook this week? seeing that you have killed it for all four last year and you clearly have a big ass target on your back. I mean, those are a lot of questions. I have a lot coming at you. There's a lot coming at you, but it's all right. Why don't we start with, let's, let's break down. Let's break it down. Thank you. Um, why don't we start with your new team? You're writing for intelligentsia. I know, um, there's been a lot of buzz around your teammates. Tell us a little bit about this, the team it's cause it's a intelligentsia. For those of you that don't know, they are a very, Yummy brand of very upscale coffees, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, um, the closest one to LA to us is in Silver Lake, Culver City, and Echo Park. Culver City, there's one in Culver City mm-hmm. now. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, Culver City and Echo Park, they're both really cool shops. There might be one in Santa Monica. I might be making that up. I'm just guessing. I know there's one for sure in Echo Park. Definitely one in Echo Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I've I've definitely been to that one. But tell us. Um, from a marketing perspective and just like from, you know, maybe an outsider, they, they might, somebody might be like, well, why is a coffee company sponsoring a bike team? Right. So tell us yeah. a little bit about how this comes about and mm-hmm. how you handpicked your, your teammates and how, you know, cause it's Stefan and, um, Marius, 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 that's right, Marius. Stefan Roche, right? Stefan Roth. Roth, Roth, Roth. And I know I keep thinking it's with the CH too, but it's Roth, Roth. So tell us a little bit about that and, and this new team that you're with. And Sure. So I uh, I kind of set off on my own at the beginning, at the end of last season, uh, because I just, I wanted to kind of just, I mean, why not? Why not have kind of a, a full governance of, <laughs> over, you know, which races I wanted to do, what kind of aesthetic, uh, you know, directions I wanted to pursue and, uh it's and one of I'm a I'm a big gearhead, so I was really excited about getting to handpick all the different component sponsors for our uh, for our race bikes and for that's so cool supporting us. I've you know I have a background in building motorcycles, and I've always been a geek a gear geek. I just love mm-hmm. fine components and mm-hmm. finely machined parts. So that was that was a big uh, plus to the the new outfit. Um, but we uh, we quickly got teamed up actually relatively early in the off season. We got teamed up with Pinarello. Uh, they expressed some interest and we, we ran, I ran with that beautiful um, as well as Giordana. Okay. Who they've been, I mean, they're totally in, entrenched in the, the European pro cycling scene. Um, yeah, Pinarello has been sponsoring team sky, <laughs> which, yeah. uh, dominates, dominates pro tour grand tours and, uh, a lot, UCI events in general. Right. Uh, 
I mean, they, they won the, the, they had the Milan San Remo winning bike, Pinarello that is, and, mm-hmm. uh, and also the uh, Strada Bianchi winning bike this year. And they, so that was just insane to have them enter into the, into Red Hook yeah. and fix gear criteriums yeah. and just kind of validating that it is, it is a, it is a valuable market to them and they want to reach people and it's an honor to be riding their crazy, crazy machines, uh, in events like these. So yeah, I think it's kind of like a, it's like a graduation to, Mm -hmm. uh, for the events to, to just, it kind of demonstrates that, yeah, they're, they're getting the full, full support of these companies and they're throwing, they're throwing their, uh, it's like becoming an arms race, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was it really difficult to get them on board? Uh, it wasn't. No, it wasn't that difficult. I think we. Were, I, I think I. I feel like I wasn't exactly on the radar until I kind of proposed it. But I think they they did their research and determined it's yeah we they want to be involved and they want to have be represented and uh, and they wanted to go fast. So now, do they make fixed gear bikes? Yeah, they do. They make. Um, velodrome track racing bikes. Right. I mean the the one I'm racing now is the. The Pinarello MAAT sixty point one. Actually, my all three of my teammates will be racing this frame. Sounds like an assault rifle. It pretty much is an assault rifle. Sounds <laughs> 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 that's what that sounds like. It is a very sharp instrument, and um, it is a full carbon frame uh, that is designed for uh, for track specific Madison racing and uh, it has track extremely track specific geometry but in my opinion it actually that that's the geometry you want for fixed gear criteriums you wow. want a very high bottom bracket to prevent pedal strike and be able to lay lay through a turn at you know the the sharpest possible angle without snapping a cone yeah without <laughs> yeah. hitting a cone or without hitting your pedal on the on the pavement and lifting up you know pedal striking and you know uh immediate washout so yeah, these the bikes are crazy. It's uh, it's amazing, and then uh, also Giordana is just some of the highest quality clothing that is a little uh, it's a little off the radar in the U.S. just because they're so pro tour oriented, and they oh, see, see. they sponsor Orica Green Edge as well as um, as well as uh, Astana, Astana Team okay. Astana, which is Nibali's team. Uh, anyway, they uh, they're Italian made, literally made in Italy clothing, and it's. It's absolutely incredible stuff. It mm-hmm. really is. It's, I didn't think there would be that that huge of a difference, but this, their stuff is incredible. And uh, yeah, so we have those two sponsors on board, and we uh, negotiated with Intelligentsia to as our title sponsor to represent them in a you know in the in the kind of emergent markets that they're interested in. Right. So that's that's where their interest comes from. Yeah, they're a they're a high end boutique coffee. Um, company based in Chicago and yeah, they're in LA and they have cool. some roasters in uh, New York as well. And they're interested in uh, just visibility and especially internationally. I think they're doing some planning, some significant growth. They're, they're opening a couple of op- outfits in Austin also. Oh, so cool. that's cool. really cool to be able to kind of, you know, work with them a little bit on locations. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Austin, so that's been kind of a, uh, 
a cool side note I get to yeah, advise them on what, cool. what's hot, what's not. Yeah, building yeah. wise, you know. Are they gonna have like a like a roast named after you? <laughs> like, uh, call, yeah. call it like the Strickland Cup. We haven't negotiated that yet. That's coming though. That's <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. The Strickland Cup. Yeah, yeah. That actually sounds like a trophy name. It sounds more like than a cup of someday, Joe. Someday. Yeah, I hear it as a, I feel it as a cup of Joe. Like they're like, do you not know who Colin Strickland is? Well, he hits it, and if you drink but, this cup, you're gonna hit it. Hopefully, you're gonna. Yeah, fly. hopefully. You're gonna fly. Uh, but let's see what else. So sponsorship-wise, uh, it's Intelligentsia Racing, and we're our our other uh, our equipment sponsors are Pinarello Bikes and Giordana Clothing. And beyond that, we have we are blessed to be racing uh, Envy Rims, uh, laced Sick. to fill wood hubs. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Envy, but they are the industry standard, absolute best rims in the world. Right? Can, in my you, opinion. can you describe? That for people that might not know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, carbon fiber is a very, it's, it's, it's not a very uh, translucent kind of tech because you look at carbon, it's like, well, it looks like a carbon wheel. It feels right. pretty light, but not all carbon fiber is, produ- is created equal and you really have to, under, you really have to know the, the layup processes and the molding processes and how savvy and knowledgeable the people are laying it up. You know, that would be some cheap rims you buy on eBay for $150. Versus I learned that the hard way by cheap carbon we- or bars from China. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and you, you know, you could have, you could get some good stuff. It's not to say that they don't, you can't find good carbon out of, out of, you know, China Taiwan, and Asia and most, yeah. most, you know, most bike frames, carbon bike frames, even the high end ones are manufactured there. But you know, when you, you take it to the level of these guys designing, you know, bottom to top the air based on aerodynamics strength and uh every single detail then you end up with a and then producing it in you know in utah oh in yeah the u.s manufacturing having the manufacturing right under their nose it's it's incredible products and uh yeah it's i mean it's you can you can be sure that it, there it's as good as it gets yeah so yeah. there's no there's no questions uh so yeah, I mean, it comes down to their attention to detail. Like, they, they don't drill spoke holes. They actually mold the spoke holes into the rim, into the molding oh, process. okay. So, you know, it, that, the, the drilling would weaken, you know, that, those portions of the, of the rim. So they, right. they take that out of the equation by just incorporating the spoke counts into the mold. So, mm-hmm. no, you can't get that many variable spoke counts. But, you know, there's a reason. It's because that's amazing. literally cast in. And the front rim has a different width and profile than the rear rim oh. based on its purpose served in the, the the bike you know the aerodynamic unit that is the bicycle the front rim takes a lot more crosswinds so mm-hmm. they have a more turboidal rounded fairing on it because it's experiencing a lot of shearing crosswind whereas your rear wheel your frame and your legs have already cut through the air and it's kind of just mm-hmm. uh, it's narrower and a, a little deeper because it's just designed to just kind of be just cut through the the turbulence that your the frame and your body has already created, whereas the front wheel really gets hit by crosswinds and and can influence drag that way and mm-hmm. uh, buffeting. Uh, and let's see what else. So, so go, going down to the yeah, lace <laughs> running down the straight gauge spokes we use for mm-hmm. super stiff wheels. Um, you have the Philwood hubs, which are been I've been obsessed with those since I was like building fixies in college. That's cool. Seven years ago, eight years ago, they were like the business, you know, mm-hmm. if I was building the nicest wheels, I would get a set of Philwood hubs and just drool over them. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to come full circle um, with those uh, set up on our race wheels. 
and that's for our fixed gear race wheels, uh, which we're using the the Phil Wood Pro Track Hubs and the NV 4.5 mm-hmm. clincher rims. And then for my road race bike, I have some Phil Wood Pro Road Hubs in black with a, a set of NV 4.5s and a set of NV 7.8s deeper wheels for the the kind of faster, uh, windier, less less punchy, less uh, terrain, less you, climbing races. Are you on a Pinarello road bike as well? Correct, yes. Oh, nice, nice. It is incredibly sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How much of a difference does it make for you having all of these components? You're already an incredibly strong and talented racer, but, and I mean, we've, we hear time and time again, like it's not the, the components, it's really, you know, the, the athleticism. The Mm-hmm. But how much do these components help you out? Do you think um it's definitely open for uh you know, it's it's open for discussion, but I mean, when you when you spend enough time doing it, you really do discover you you start developing a sense for the minutia of the sport and uh, reliability is a huge part of it and uh and also I'm I'm a firm believer in aerodynamics. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I I can definitely feel the speed um, of a well designed aero bike and and wheels. I've been I did my first few races of the year on some old training wheels that came with the demo bike I was using racing until my my proper team bike came. So yeah, it was tough. I mean, it really yeah. it's you're just talking about you know five to ten watts here and there, but those start to add up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. When you're averaging trying to average around you know. 300 280 five or 10 makes a big difference Hell for yeah, many does. hours so yeah i'm it's and in the end it's all just about how it feels and how you feel on it and if you're comfortable and ideally you stop thinking about the bike mm-hmm. and um yeah definitely if a good rider could could get a result on on pretty much anything but yeah they 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 sure have a better time and easier time doing it when you have like some yeah top end gear it's not a it's not a myth you did you tell us what kind of crank set you're on oh uh, yeah we are um we partnered up with rotor components which is a madrid-based nice. uh manufacturing company that specializes in crank sets and bottom brackets and they are actually releasing a, a hydraulic group set called the uno group set which is full hydraulic actuated both the brakes and the shifting derailleur mechanisms wow uh, and there i'm uh, really excited to be getting a set built up on my gravel race bike oh, for the year okay uh, i have a pinarello gravel disc race bike okay uh, outfitted with all the all the usual suspects philwood and envy which i am so excited that's something else i've been uh, specializing in this year is gravel racing now what exactly is, is that I mean, it's, all I hear is it's not mountain biking, but it's gravel racing. What is gravel racing? It's, What's- essentially, it's, it's a lot like a road race. Typically, it's you know, between 60 and there's a race that's actually 200 miles. Damn. But typically between 60 and 100 miles. Uh, per and, race. Yeah. So it's Ooh. road race distances. It's maybe a four to, four to six hour event. It's definitely more of an endurance event than Red Hook. Mm-hmm. And, but it does have the technical aspect that... Typically, at least forty to sixty percent of the roads you're on are gravel or sand, or so. In that in, in that sense, it's a little bit more like a long cyclocross race. Right, or right. It just it it breaks up the monotony of a road race and also makes it a little harder to sit in, which mm-hmm. 
I, I like those kind of those style of racing. <laughs> right. So, uh, and it also keeps you just totally in tune because you're picking a, a, the best line through these gravel roads mm-hmm. or sandy roads or cranking through sand or mm-hmm. mud. And it's just really fun. I love that stuff. I love fixed gear racing, but I also love the, the kind of long yeah. endurance uh, events. Right, right. Is this out in Texas? Because I've never heard of any gravel races in Southern California. Uh, there, it's definitely I'm sure there one might the, be. Yeah, but... there's, a, there's an event up... Uh, up in central Northern California called the Grinduro, which is in the fall. Oh, uh, wow. But there's, it's one of the, you know, the biggest growing, uh, fields of bike mm. riding. And typically it's, it's more like a, a they have ride events and then also races mm-hmm. in conjunction. So you can, you know, you can go out and be serious or you can just go out there and, and just enjoy the course. Yeah. Uh, you know, almost like a grand fondo. And then there's also a, a race event as well. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. And it's, I mean, if you check registration numbers, it's it's one of the areas that's distinctly growing. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Whereas that's road racing kind of goes up and down, but it's reaching a broader audience of people who aren't just serious roadies, right. you know, wh- who are a limited. Yeah, for sure. A limited population. Whereas if you just reach people who like, look, you want to go ride your bike in a beautiful on a beautiful course and 60 miles straight. Yeah. yeah. Somewhat or, like organized, but not too serious. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you get, you reach a lot more people, which yeah. just brings out more people, which is what grows the sport. So that that's re- been really fun. Mm-hmm. That so, reminds me of Rosarito to Ensenada, you know, where it's a bike oh, race, yeah. but it's also a ride. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And yeah. so they're like, just, if you want to enjoy it, come out. And it's a huge that's party. It's in a couple you know? weeks, right? Yeah. It's that's May. probably it. Yeah. The Grand, Grand Fondo. Oh, is that right? It's okay. in Mexico? The great. Oh, yeah. Oh, so that, that is mixed terrain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I need to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so that's, that's the sponsor setup. I mean, can't, yeah, that's can't fault crazy. the bike or the equipment anymore. It's, no. Yeah. This stuff is incredible you have no stuff. excuses, Colin. <laughs> that's top notch, man. That's, that's the problem with last night. I got no excuses. That's, no excuses, well, Colin. You yeah, raised whoops. that bike for the first time, you said, last night. Yeah, that was the first the first full speed ride on that bike. So those hairpins, I was losing. Uh, just getting to know it, you know, getting to know how it feels when you're yeah. leaned over, you know, 50 degrees. Right. And how, how far I can push it. It's always, you know. I, I was a little conservative, so I was losing time in the turns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, until, but uh, I'm getting comfortable, and it's it's incredible, and uh, it's good yeah. to do that before yeah. Red Hook, Brooklyn. Right, 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 right. And already, you, Stefan, and Marius, you guys are already super lethal. You guys are great mm-hmm. athletes. For those of you that don't remember, Stefan, do you want to go over the story? Because you saw it. Hell yeah! Happen wanna... in San Antonio. Maybe you should tell that story. Stefan, Collins' teammate on intelligentsia that's going to be at red hook this weekend yes he is <laughs> in a, gnarly in a road or, bike he's originally race. from germany yeah now yeah. he but he lives in texas now yeah and uh are you guys on that were you guys on the elbows team correct yeah, yeah. The last three years we were teammates on elbows right 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 elbows racing uh-huh and so what happened in austin at the red bull last stand race during the crit was san that antonio. what san, san antonio, antonio. What did I say? I said Austin, huh? Yeah. I'm still learning. So San Antonio. (laughs) (laughs) um, San Antonio, what he had, what he said, a 22, a 22 lap uh, lead. 28. uh, Well, he, he broke, he took off with 28 laps to go and he essentially soloed. And he soloed. 28 laps. Right, right, right. And in one of those laps, man, 
I forget which one it was, but um, on the corner, on the last corner, right before the uh, the start line, he washed out super nasty, and he like slid. He hit the corner and he slid, slid, and he got back up, and the whole crowd goes, "Oh!" Gets back up. Wait, how? How do they go? Oh! And <laughs> just like that, ladies. Everybody and at the same time in unison, like a choir, went, "Oh!" And uh, he gets up and he takes off again. And people were like, damn, yeah, you know. But the crazy thing was, was when he came back around, he was still solo. And that's yeah. when everybody was like, yeah, <laughs> because he kept it, you know. And that was yeah. the craziest thing because he washed out hard. Stefan is fierce. And yeah. he's a, uh, yeah, if he, if he gets his nose in the wind like that guy's. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's mm-hmm. gone. He's tell us, tell us more about him. You, yours teammate. You've ridden with him for a while. What should people be afraid of? And just to just to um, throw this in there, you actually he had absolutely no interest in riding fixed gear, yeah, right? So you great. had to you kind of had to convince I, him. A I little had to bit. work. I had to work on him for a while. He actually <laughs> has. Um, he's an experienced velodrome track racer. So okay, he's had experience with that from a young age. But yeah, as you know, it's entirely different, yeah. yeah, different discipline that we're talking uh, in fixed gear crits. So he was just, you know, he had all the normal kind of reservations that it's it's crazy and he- uh, hectic and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just told him, you know, it's like it's doesn't it's really not yeah. <laughs> more dangerous <laughs> yeah. than U.S. pro road racing. Right. I mean, any bike racing is inherently dangerous, and he uh, just told me he'd be really good at this specifically because he is just a pure motor. Uh, type of racer and I think it'll suit him really well so mm. really happy that he finally yeah. finally said yes so I have a lot of confidence bringing uh, in my squad now so <laughs> I think he I think he did it for the coffee he was yeah. like who intelligence yeah, yeah. He exactly he does love coffee so. yeah <laughs> but uh, in addition to him I was extremely happy to be able to 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 uh, grab uh, Marius Petrace who has been racing on the Team Chinelli Chrome for the last couple yeah. of years. Oh, really? Okay. And, uh, okay. He's, I've been in a, lot of, a couple of strong moves with him, and he's always at the front of the race, and he's always pushing the pace. Uh, he's another fearless kind of escape artist. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm uh, feeling pretty confident with my with my hitters. and uh, oh, That's good. In my own form. And, uh, yeah, I just need to get a little bit more sleep before the race <laughs> yeah, than, than this please. one. And, no, and Marius, uh, yeah. Marius is such a nice guy, too. I've uh, spoken to him for some interviews via uh, online and he's just really nice guy. Stefan seems like he's, he, he likes to put on a show. Yeah. Like he's like, he's like a fun, like he's like, eh, like he likes to joke around it. Like that's how definitely. He, um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how you guys dominate. Well, now how do you think it's going to be to face Aldo, not as your teammate, but as your I was just going to ask that same question. Year. Oh, it's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're stoked. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we've been waiting for it. It's mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's awesome. It's um no, we're 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 good, we're good buddies. So okay, uh, but you know when we start racing, it's 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 on. It's, every <laughs> it's game. all on, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean he's bringing his. He's got a pretty solid crew as well, including the Milan winner. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Alec Briggs and a. Uh, you know, a couple of guys from his uh, his road crit squad, crit mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Um, his his new uh, his new outfit he's put together, <clears throat> and he's still representing Specialized, right. which is rad. So we'll have the classic Specialized versus Pinarello mm-hmm. matchup yeah. that you get always like same thing as like Pro Tour with Sagan and 
you know, versus Kiyakowski and right. other guys on Team Sky. So that's pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It really depends on what the style of the finish is, how the race unfolds, and mm-hmm. who's going to kind of end up with the advantage. But, man, there's so many variables in this that race now. It's yeah, so much firepower. I mean, a break of four will not roll yeah. <laughs> early in that race like, yeah. like it did last night. That was just mm-hmm. – it's just it's the field is so deep there that right it's one of the you know it's the the race has evolved to the point where the field has the power versus a few guys get up the road they have the power no it's always the field now there's right. enough hitters in the field to bring back anything and it just wow. depends on who is motivated and in position and, to make it happen yeah and what their strategy is and how they play their cards so it's going to just be it's going to be a dynamite year i think because it's gotten to the point where it's attracting i mean uh you know, gold medalists from Rio should be showing up and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> a few guys just coming over from the pro tour. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, you know, doing it as a kind of a fun. What do you think about that? Like you see like these other pros, you know, gold medalist, uh, you know, these pro, these super crazy grand tour guys, you know what I mean? Like, how do you feel when you see this growing that way? You I know, it's absolutely fabulous. It's amazing. It just makes a faster race and a better show. And in the end of the day, we're just doing theater. That's like what we do. <laughs> okay. We're just okay. trying to, you know, have as as exciting of a race. Everyone, you know, they're trying to win the race, right, for their own personal glory. But at the end of the day, we don't we don't get to do shit if we don't put on an awesome show. Yeah. So yeah, it'll die. So my always my number one goal is always put on a put on something fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. You know, if I don't win, someone else will win. So. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sure. Right. Right. Someone's right. got to win and. Uh, it's got to be exciting. Otherwise, there's there's no series, yeah, and it doesn't grow. So, it's it's nothing but nothing but good good things with uh, more more firepower, more credentials, and everything showing up. It's good for the race, good for the event, good for the sport, and uh, yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm I'm ha- I'm so excited. To look at the roster. I'm just waiting for a few more of the <laughs> pro tour guys. Yeah. You know. What do you think about... Fingers crossed for Sagan. <laughs> okay. Oh, since yeah, that's a, that's kind of a rumor, right? Since you brought his name up, I, I was speaking to a few people in there saying like, okay, if Sagan showed up, it's kind of a risk for him to show up. You know what I mean? Because he's still racing for his other team and if in case he gets hurt, it's a liability or something like that. So he's not necessarily... But it's so on brand for him, though. Like, it's so on brand. Like, for him, removing him from like, he's this roadie, right? Or you know, this pro cyclist. World champion. Two years running. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's so, like, this, the culture of fixed gear racing and this Red Hook and Mission, like, all of these crits that are taking place, it seems to be so on brand with what Peter Sagan represents because if you see him, he doesn't, like, fit in completely into that, like, Mm -hmm. stuffy world. He's very, like, edgy. Yeah, he's he just lives as kind of a free spirit, which is extremely refreshing for the sport of cycling, which has been so oppressive for so many years. So oppressive. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's it's funny that you bring that up because that's exactly... You know, Peter said... So serious. Yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think some people, particularly younger writers, I know in LA there's been a lot of talk of, we hope these pro guys don't don't go in because they're going to mess up the culture of it and it's just going to be like one big money grab and they're really afraid that they're going to use they're going to lose that essence of like what red hook is what do you think about that do you think it takes away from the sport or do you think it just adds to it overall start a new start a new version of whatever your 
your dream, you know, your fixy dreams your, are exactly your hipness mm-hmm. dreams of hipness. There'll always be something else, but as a sport, it's you know, it's it'll reach more people across mm-hmm. the world, which I don't see that as in any way could be uh, seen as a, a detriment. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's just bringing it to more to a bigger audience, which you know, it always changes, but life has changed, everything just changes. That's constant. Yeah. So something, if you don't like it, something else will be there for you, you know, waiting yeah. with open arms. That's very um, true. But yeah, to have, it would, to have somebody like, you know, the, the way I see it, Sagan just, um, he's such a powerhouse on the road. It's like the only news is when he doesn't win a bike race. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, move on to something, you know, something new that you can yeah. dominate and, you know, have some fun and. Hopefully have a beer afterward. Yeah. Peter. That would be wild to see him show up. That would be that. I mean, damn. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. You I want that? Be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I think if there's any race that he would do that's outside of his, you know, nucleus, for lack of a better term, I think it'd definitely be Red Hook. Mm-hmm. It's just so on brand, like I said. What do you think about the new um, the new qualifier race that they're doing? The way the new the new thing or the new setup that Trimble has, the races before the main one. I definitely like it because, um, yeah, the, the previous qualifying setup uh, has been, it's, it's really, it's kind of a nail biter. Like you, it is, it was pretty dangerous going flat, flat out on the course, you mm-hmm. know, trying to grab the, taking a lot of risk to grab the best time and for a hot um, lap for or one lap mm-hmm. versus a, you know, just, just doing a shorter race to kind of let it sort itself out. Um, I'm a big fan. I think it'll be good. We'll, cool. we'll find out, but I think it, it's more racing for the day, but it's definitely more, you know, if you do well, then it's going to be a lot more cool down and longer day. But in the end, I think it's, it's definitely a, a good move. And cool. we'll create less act, less accidents. And I mean, I'm not just talking about the guys going the fast, doing the fastest laps, but everybody, you know, going flat out, especially guys with like not quite the skill set to manage those speed mm-hmm. <laughs> through this. I mean, it's you you can't go full speed through most most of the course. You just you have to know what the line is. And guys who aren't familiar with really feathering the line of traction and have you know. Maybe they don't have the right tire pressure. Maybe they're riding 120 PSI and mm-hmm. they just lose it and that slows everything down. You know, if somebody gets hurt, also not, it's not only, you know, yeah, it just, sure. it, it's, it's bad for the event. So I think it's great. I think it's a great move. Again, you have to be able to change, you know, mm-hmm. and evolve your event based on, on uh, feedback and not just feedback, but observations. And right. I, I respect that they do that, you know, constantly. They're not just, they're not just set in their ways of how things are. So yeah, that's what I love. This about is Dave. our race. Yeah. Our idea. Nothing's changing. Yeah, exactly. And it allows so. people more time to race as well. Mm-hmm. So they're not mm-hmm. just in for a lap and then get pulled. Definitely. So that's, it's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Colin? Um, you've raced all over the world and, you know, from Europe um, world, what other countries have you raced in besides North America? Not Europe? that many, actually. Just Europe and North America. Okay, Europe and I haven't, North America. I haven't <laughs> Texas is its own country. Yeah. Texas is, it should All be its over own Texas. country. No, I yeah. haven't <laughs> done Central America. I haven't done South America. I haven't done Australia. There's oh, some man. incredible crit racing in Australia. Oh, really? Cool. You know, like I, I, I haven't been doing this for that long. So yeah. really just to get to the point where I would feasibly leave 
like regional racing has mm-hmm. is yeah. only relatively recent. Maybe like three years ago was the right. first time I would ever consider even leaving Texas. So huh. I just haven't had that many years at at it, cracking at it. So mm-hmm. yeah. What I was gonna say, mm-hmm. what kind of training do you do? in Texas preparing for something like this other than these gravel races and everything you're telling me about the drive-in series oh the driveway series or the yeah. driveway series the what is that series. it's a it's a weekly crit series that runs from March through October right on the edge of Austin at this beautiful uh moto race track it's about two mile long you know with perfect surface cool uh complete the uh, purpose like motor motor track with okay. you know candy stripe edges and rumble oh. rumble edges and stuff and just sweeping amazing turns mm-hmm. every thursday we have about 500 to 600 people show Shut up, up for uh every thursday every thursday night. 500 people yeah so the the you know there's Jeez. different a bunch of different different categories of racing there's mm-hmm. a women's you know women's cat three there's women's pro one pro one two there's masters racing there's right. kids ra- a juniors race and then there's the the men's, you know, one, two, three, mm-hmm. uh, which typically has about a hundred racers. So we're in it. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of local guys who are just incredibly fast. Okay. And it's, we just go full, <laughs> full out every Thursday yeah, uh, and treat it as just a training race, but also, you know, going flat out and having a lot of fun and then, you know, drink beers afterward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're incredibly spoiled to have that series. Um, this, 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 uh, outfit holland racing okay puts it on and it is so well run they've been doing it for five or six seven years and uh it's we're so spoiled to have that kind of tune up every thursday yeah the yeah i mean there's no hairpins but the speed is always over average is always over 29 max has been about 30 31 i think some of the the faster loops right so we're going extremely fast for that's extremely fast uh but it's it's road bikes so uh, but that's that's incredible to have that, and it brings a community, the the cycling community together, and you kind of just interact with people on the regular every week. So mm-hmm. it keeps everybody kind of close knit together, and you know, drink beers with everybody afterward, and it keeps mm-hmm. the keeps Austin from being kind of an elitist, you know, pro worshipper community yeah. where everybody, you know, everybody's just friends, and you're not yeah. aloof mm-hmm. or anything, which is. Far I think more enjoyable. That's a really good point. There's some cities where that happens, where the pro worship, you know, takes place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so I, that's a good thing. Have now this race that happens, the driveway series, driveway. series, the driveway series. Have they ever thought about incorporating a fixed gear race in it? It seems like uh, we talked to in Southern California, a couple of race organizers that do uh, road racing are starting to incorporate fixed gear races. They they definitely have. Um, They've thought about it quite a bit, and I think a couple of events would be cool, maybe isolated, but weekly we wouldn't have the turnout. Okay. There just aren't enough people, and there definitely aren't enough fast people. Not yeah. Even, like crossovers, that like roadies that might be interested. You haven't inspired enough people out there uh, yet? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the road race is still the best competition, so that's the one I want to do. Right. Okay. That's where I get the best workout. I don't. You know, I don't want to race a field of 15 people. I'd rather race a field of 100 people right. who are all really fast. <laughs> you right, know? right. It's just not there yet in Austin. I think some cities might be at the point where they could support it, like maybe L.A., but it's just mm-hmm. doesn't quite have the, the culture in Austin that to – it doesn't have that many fixed-gear racers per right. se. So. 
Right, right, right. But yeah, we get we get our we get our thrills in, on the road bikes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to your how do people like? I guess in Austin, are you kind of are you a big fish in a small pond, or is it? Are you kind of like? What I'm saying is, do people look up to you like, yo, that's Colin Strickland that killed Red Hook, or you've just been around? That's your town for so long. They kind of treat you like Minnesota treats Prince. You understand what I'm saying? Where they kind of leave him alone and go, yeah, Prince lives here. You know, I I think it would be more like they treat me like Minnesota treats Prince. Okay, (laughs) yeah, I I grew up there, and you know, I've I've known most most of the people I race with for a long time, and it's also we have some. We have quite a few pros in Austin, you know, from a couple of guys from Jelly Belly. And yeah, okay. A couple of guys from pro team Euro Pro Cannondale show up to races and uh, United Healthcare and, uh, you know, Elbows is always working as a strong unit. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I, yeah, I would definitely not say a big fish in a right. small pond. We got a lot of big fish. That's cool. That's cool. So That's cool. It's always really healthy competition. Nothing is ever free mm-hmm. <laughs> no mm-hmm. win is ever free in in texas yeah yeah okay that's good now do you plan on doing any other races other than the red hooks fixed gear races internationally i'm sure like in italy there's a lot of crits that go down over there yeah i'm really trying to fashion my european schedule um to be able to make a few of the 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 fixed gear criterium series uh, races that are going to be you know, on a similar date range between London and Barcelona. Okay. Uh, I haven't quite figured it out yet, but it, it, it's just, it's just awesome to watch it growing like that, that such that there's almost a race every weekend. So yeah, I yeah. would love to go out and experience it and support it and uh, maybe even race road bikes in Amsterdam, Belgium area. That'd flat, be cool. Flat races. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, like yeah. flat races. Have, have you ever thought about coming to LA for the FUSAC races? I I have not yet. I just have a still have so much going on in Austin. Right, 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 and right. With my racing schedule now that it's, uh, I need to look into it. And, mm-hmm. uh, After what happened yesterday, you want to yeah. look into it, uh, or well, like, like, well, Caesar, like, you yeah, know, or I guess, I guess now I got now I got some business. <laughs> to, to, uh, Maybe bring some bring some some boys. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. But damn, yeah. Again, I mean, that was just so impressive. Um, hats off to him. I can't wait to see what he does at Red Hook. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's clearly on flying form, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I can make it out there. Um, obviously, it's, it's healthy competition. Oh yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, definitely. Sure. I mean, it's definitely obvious. It seems that the it's quickly kind of a break of three to five guys who kind of roll away. But that's what I'm talking about. You know, with the field having the the firepower versus the breakaway exactly but uh it, it's definitely more exciting when the field has the firepower but no that's some that's some style competition so mm-hmm. i need to was this your very first mission grit it was yes cool so what made you decide to race this mission crit as opposed to like really? what what makes it because you're a very busy athlete like you're all over the place you're racing you're riding all the time you're training all the time so what components does a race and I think this would be helpful, too, to maybe the race organizers that are listening. You, you're a very sought-after athlete. So what do you look for in a race that makes you say, I'm going to go to this one as opposed to this one? Let's see. Well, location is definitely the number one. Uh, 
determining factor for me. Uh, not only am I familiar with the mission from visiting my sisters when they lived here for you know ten years. Okay. Uh, my mom lives right up the right up the hill from where the race was was right. a, was held. She lives up on Bernal Hill where we are now. And uh, it's just an opportunity to see her and the flight from Austin, super cheap yeah. and easy uh, direct flight to SFO. And it just, it was just, the logistics were minimal. So, right. And the race, the, the race looked, um, the race looked awesome. I'd heard r- great feedback and you can tell by like, you know, just the aesthetic and the vibe and the photos of it and how it's, how it's kind of run and yeah, it looked, looked like something I wanted to do. So cool. and it, it was, it was the right time, good timing to test out the equipment and, uh, you know, little tune up <laughs> before uh, before Red Hook Brooklyn. What's your tune up going to be? Well, this was this was this was it. This was it. Okay. My, tune up, my, my new plan is get more sleep and uh, yeah, bring my A game. Yeah, because yeah, it's <laughs> nothing yeah. is free. Nothing is nothing free. is easy. <laughs> what ratio no, were you running? I was running the same forty eight fourteen. Okay, which might have been a little heavy for this course, but. Considering all the acceleration from very low speed, that that hairpin was very tight. Uh, mm-hmm. Where you you do a hairpin within essentially two lanes. There was two. There was a lane going each way, mm-hmm. and then a bike lane on each side. But it wasn't a four lane street. It was essentially a wide two lane street. Right. And that is right. that is a narrow narrow hairpin to yeah. execute. So I I didn't realize how tight that would be and how slow you had to go through. I don't. I didn't check how fast we were rolling. I imagine it would be about. 14 to 12 miles an hour rolling through that turn, which is slow. So okay. yeah. I think the other guys were running a little lighter gearing. They were just launching out of it way faster than I was. I was okay. Kind of dragging ass getting up, but yeah. I could rip it down that hill. Yeah. That's for sure. You were ripping it down that hill too. <laughs> like, that was so cool to see you guys like fly by and then everybody runs across to the hill and then yeah. see guys jam down the hill, hit the chicane yeah. and then it just all over again. Now it was yeah. a great race. I'll yeah. try to be back for sure in the future. I got yeah, business you sh- here. You totally should. I don't know if you've touched on this um, at all, but I know you said more sleep and, you know, now you fine tuned your bike. Are there any other like specific preparations that you're going to be doing? Like what are you going to be eating? Are you going to be riding at all this following week in preparation for Red Hook or? I don't think I'll be doing any racing. I might do one kind of uh, one ride with intensity, but beyond that, it's really just rest and, uh, you know, rest and staying healthy. And, uh, you know, you always, you're always freaked out. You try not to think about getting sick before a race, a big race, but it's always a possibility. So, you know, just take it easy and, uh, pedal my bikes, <laughs> flush, yeah. flush everything out of the legs that, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Yeah. Let, I got a lot of logistics to solve also still Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. getting my team to the race and, <clears throat> Yeah. Last, I mean, last season, you just, you completely dominated Red Hook. I mean, Red Hook was, they should just rename it the Colin Strickland series. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> but how? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to get into your mindset right now. You were the champion. Like, you swept all four. Um, What is your mindset going into this thing? What is your goal to do the same thing. Now you have a major target on your back. How do you, how are you dealing with all of that pressure and what are your expectations? That's a great question. Uh, 
Yeah, it's um, it was it was kind of like a a dream year last year with incredible luck and uh, things just seemed to roll roll our way and we had legs and weren't sick and didn't crash. So cycling, a huge uh, component of cycling is just good luck. Besides having fitness and you know getting to the race, so you can't really expect things to go as well as they did last year under any circumstance. And then you add. Mm-hmm the fact that I'm pretty heavily marked and yeah. my team will also be marked. And a lot of teams have, you know, seven guys, yeah. seven very strong guys. So we're a little outnumbered, but you know, we're going to try to win. I'm not, I'm not really that worried. I think looking at, I mean, if you look at the odds, I, I still like my odds. So, yeah, but yeah, I've, I've prepared pretty well this year. I my you know, my level of, of, uh, Essentially, just you know, my the races I've done so far, where I've had a power meter and stuff, I think I'm hitting numbers I haven't hit before. So I'm stronger and faster, and you know, on a good day, um, I really like my odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good day with good luck mm-hmm. and uh, some favorable wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's cool, man. That's cool. Like, like I said, man. Like, we're rooting for you. What you did last year. I mean, I was so excited to go to Brooklyn last year. You know. And see the race and then just seeing you kill it and then meeting you and Aldo uh, at the chocolate event. You know, I don't know if you probably met a lot of people there, but I remember meeting you guys and I was just like, like, these are the guys everybody's afraid of, you know, and I'm like figuring out, I'm trying to figure out why, you know, because I've never seen you guys ride. super tall. Yeah. You're like the tallest people there. You guys were super tall. Your legs were like horse legs. And I was like, yo, these guys are jacked. You know what I mean? But that's what I see, you know, but like Ronnie introduced us to you and we were like, first it was Shazad. Shazad goes, yo, there's Colin and Aldo right there. Yeah. And you guys had your... I remember taking a photo of you guys and you had your your specialized sweaters on with the red specialized across it. And I was like, man, these are the dudes right here, you know, and you guys killed it. You guys killed it. And so and to me, that was just so exciting because, like I said, man, like I'm like we do these interviews and we talk to a lot of different people. But I'm such a fanboy of the sport fanboy just because if you would have told me, like, I don't know, I guess six, seven years ago that I'd love cycling as much as I do, I wouldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I'm fairly new to this still, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what? How? It's a seductive sport, though. It is. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And just where it's where this has gone, where how the sport's growing, how people enjoy listening to our show, how people, yeah. you know how many people enjoyed the last podcast that we did? They loved it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the idea they're like, oh my gosh, finally we get to hear from this guy. You know <laughs> what I mean? And um, people want to hear from you. People want to hear like what your strategy is and just other than what social media provides, other than the photos, a lot of people want to hear from these athletes. They want to get to know their personalities. You know what I mean? Just as fast as they are on the bike, they, they're curious on who they are as a person as well. You have a lot of people that look up to you. Straight up. Is what Dean's tried. That's, That's what the I'm short version of that. Yeah. And so um, what is it? Well, what what are some honor. things? What, what is it that you would say to these people that look up to you and that are expecting you to win and perhaps they want to follow in your footsteps? Like, what do you say to them? Wow. Uh, well, I hope I don't let you down. But I mean, for me at this point, uh, the main goal is just, you know, do what's good for the sport and put on a good show. Yeah. And uh, man, 
I mean, if I can inspire some people to find a hobby and a passion that, that makes them a healthier, happier person, uh, that's, that's all I really can hope to do mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'll race for a couple more years, a few years, hopefully. And, uh, then I'll be done doing something else. But if I can like impact, reach some people, uh, that's amazing. That's, that would be incredible. So yeah, what, what, uh, whatever I can do to inspire, inspire people, I'm stoked. And I think the main thing is just put on a good show, be a good sportsman, you know, just, just don't be a dick. And yeah, yeah. Don't be a dick. I think is very important in cycling, you know, being realistic about what cycling is. And it's really just, it's all for, you know, it's all for you. There's, it's hard to squeeze a dollar out of out of the bike business so Mm -hmm. yeah it is uh yeah just getting people to to get out on their bikes and you know enjoy the sport and be healthy and stop driving cars that's that's i'd call that a victory yeah yeah and and speaking of squeezing a dollar out of the bike business like I mean, there are a lot of people, you're on the top of the heap here, you know what I mean? And the idea that there are a lot of people that think like, like being a fixie millionaire is possible, <laughs> you know? And I want you to tell them that it's not. That you know? is not possible. <laughs> Get a job, invest yeah. in real estate, then you can ride your bike in circles. That's Seriously. It. <laughs> you guys are crushing so many dreams right now. I mean, like, you guys are crushing so many fixie dreams. No, like real talk though, you Get know? Get a it's career, so go to college, because. <laughs> I went to college and I had a career and that's why I get to do this Yeah, because I yeah. made some wise investments in a, in real estate and now, you know, I can get by on, right. on very little and they're, <laughs> that's right. what I'm doing, but it's an amazing quality of life and I get to travel. Um, but yeah, uh, that doesn't happen really. You know? Yeah. There are a lot of people, it's, it's just the attitudes that people have, you know what I mean? That, that they, you know, they think they're fast and with, I mean, uh, there's no reason for me to name names because it's a lot of people anyways. So I would say it's basically everybody. I think it's harder to name the people that are like. Are genuine yeah. and nice <laughs> than the people that think they're super fast and super sick, you know. It's a and running, like, it's a running joke in LA that nobody has a job. Everybody like, um, I have a friend and she's like. What does everybody do for a living in LA? Like nobody, like is nobody works in LA. They all like ride their bike. Noon. Yeah, they just ride their bikes. So yeah, like, I mean it's that's great <laughs> if you you know if you're if that's your life plan yeah. and and it works for you that's amazing. I don't want to discourage anybody from trying to do it full time, but shit, go to school. Any, go to school. Yeah, go to school. Go to school. Yeah. Don't end up thirty five with no prospects man. right yeah. right we had a really good podcast uh with manuel barra he's on the leader bikes team mm-hmm. manny barra he's ronnie's uh teammate cool ronnie's teammate and it was a very eye-opening podcast because he started cycling through his college through his college team yeah, you know you see irvine you see irvine and he he was the first guy that we've ever really talked to that was like yo if you really want to cycle if you really should go to school because he's a he's a high school pe teacher as well like like this is the best thing you should do like yeah. go to school ride through for your school get paid. Yeah. get paid you know yeah, you got to subsidize it somehow Mm-hmm. 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 and you're getting you, you got to put in you got to take this leap of faith where you have a few years where you aren't making any money no matter mm-hmm. what under any circumstances yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah and just leverage it but no i went to college i worked career for five years you know bought some investments and then that's how i get to that's why i get to do this it's mm-hmm. not from just cycling 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely Now, not. where did you get the idea from these investments? I'm sure you just didn't wake up. Oh. Um, the idea? Well, mm-hmm. I, I just paid rent long enough to realize I want to be collecting rent, not paying rent. So, yep. or, you know, not paying as much. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, um, Colin gave us an interview right after San Antonio where he goes into everything that he does and how he kind of got started into cycling. So if you want to check that out, go ahead and um, look through our archives. We'll look for it. It's in there. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, we don't want to take too much of your time, Colin. We appreciate you allowing us into your home and your mother's home. You know, she's here in the background and it's super cool. Hi. Hi. It's overlooking a beautiful, it's like on a hill overlooking the entire city. It's very beautiful and peaceful up here. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's, it's beautiful out here. It's, I'm super stoked to just being in San Francisco and I've never been in so many houses inside of San Francisco, you know? So I'm a HGTV guy, you know what I mean? Home gardening television. I'm all about it. And so like, I feel like I'm on like television. Oh almost gosh. being inside of some of these houses. So it sounds kind of crazy, but it's the truth. Dream come true. Dream come true. It's fixie dreams, baby. Well, we'll <laughs> see you in Brooklyn. Uh, no, we're not. Unfortunately. Oh, oh, right. Well, we'll see you in London. We'll yeah. Have, yeah. More importantly. You'll see us in Europe. You're going to see us in Europe, but we will have a correspondent. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have staff in, in Brooklyn. Cool. It's going to be really cool. fun. But, uh, yeah. Live on Facebook. If um, you want to see Colin's race last night, uh, check it out. It's on our Facebook page. And Colin, if people want to find you, where do they? What are your handles? Your social media handles? Uh, yeah, Colin ATX is my Instagram account. It's kind of what I focus on since it's just the most. Uh, it's kind of blends well with riding a bike a lot because mm-hmm. <laughs> you can, you know, if you see cool stuff, take a photo of it, right. share yeah. it with people. Uh, so yeah, that's what I put most of my uh, Colin ATX on Instagram and also Intelligentsia Racing on Instagram. Cool. Cool. Do you have a Strava account that people can follow? I on? do have a Strava account. Yeah. Okay. I typically upload most stuff to that. You can see what, if you're not familiar with road racing, see how brutal that shit is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Strava troll. So okay. like I quietly am on Strava okay. looking. So what's yeah, your Strava account? It should be Colin Strickland. Okay. Cool. I should be in the Intelligentsia kit if you see multiples. I don't know. I've probably messed up, set up a few accounts. and. <laughs> okay. Alrighty, Colin. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We appreciate you and yeah. we wish you the very best of luck next week. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to need it, but <laughs> so will everyone else. So Cool. So will everyone else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Ride safe, dude. Thank you. Right, Cheers. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Quahetti, guys.